entomological, 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 entomological. It's a big word. Hello, friends and fiends. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating a bug-themed superhero. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Producer Derek and... Is anyone there? Rotunda is here. Okay. Producer Derek and Rotunda are also here. Before we get started creating this bug-themed superhero, what's bugging you, Kelly? Well, we are uh, creeping ever close to Thanksgiving. Yes. And... uh, (laughs) We're trying to figure out family plans, so we, we go to my in-law's house outside of Boston. Usually we stay with my um, my father and mother-in-law, who are excellent, but I think we're staying with my brother-in-law this time because my other brother-in-law and his wife are coming out from Ohio, so the it's going to be a big family, big Zimmerman wow. family time out there. We bring the cats with us. I love um, it. You guys bring the cats. <laughs> it's so cute to me. They're like, we're, well, the whole family's coming. The whole family Including, cats gotta be there. The cats gotta come. <laughs> they, um, my in-laws love the cats too. They like they love when they play and they get a kick out of it. If, if Darcy sits on my father-in-law, he is so happy about it. So it's, it's. I think good. part of my amusement as about it is like, I don't think of cats as a traveling pet. You know, you take your they're dog not with good you. Travelers. In the so, <laughs> so they must have fun once they're there. But getting there must be horrible. It's it's like a four, I guess, four and a half hour drive. And the cats don't want to be in their carriers. They have good sized carriers. We have a, mm. a pretty big, you know, we have a cross track now. So we've, we've got plenty of space for them. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you, you went all Portland on me. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're proud Subaru owners now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but once they get there, they're pretty happy because my in-laws have a bunch of cat toys. They have treats. Uh, everyone pets them and plays with them. They're gotta spoil they're those, those friendly cats. <laughs> yeah, the grandkitties. <laughs> but we'll, I think we'll be at my brother-in-law's house. He has a cat. His cat is the scariest of cats mm, and yes. never comes out. So our dudes will probably be in the finished basement with us, and the other cat they will never, likely never meet. My... Even though my dudes are friendly and would love to right. meet her. <laughs> my. Uh mother-in-law has a second cat that that has lived in the house for five years i've seen it maybe three times because whenever i come over i bring the children with me and my oldest was just the right age to come barreling at that cat when she was a kitten and she said oh never again (laughs) so anytime she even hears our car pull up she's gone Oh, out of there, and I feel so bad because I'm like, just be our friend, just be our friend, <laughs> be so soft and gentle with you. I promise, we'll pet but, you. Just come out and get the pets. Yeah, we'll feed you yeah. so many tuna cans. But alas, and I know that a lot of people's cats do not handle traveling in new spaces well. It's generally, I think, frowned upon to travel with a cat most of the time. But our guys like it. So yeah. I think it, it really depends on the cat. Some cats you will cat. you will traumatize if you remove them from their home and bring them on vacation or whatever. But our guys have been doing it since they were babies, so they're yeah they're like used to it. They're into it. <laughs> they're, they're they're good. They're fine. <laughs> Although so one we're doing oh sorry one one year my sister in law was I think it was the first maybe the first year or second year we brought Darcy with us. We just got Darcy. And 
she realized he likes turkey and she gave him so much turkey he vomited on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so the old the old upchukarama experience. Yeah. She was so pumped that he was eating turkey from her hand and then it was too much turkey. So now now the rule is don't give the cats turkey. Don't give the cats turkey. <laughs> they'll they'll overindulge in turkey bits. <laughs> That's hilarious. <sighs> No, we're doing big Christmas, so our Thanksgiving should be pretty low-key, you know, just grandma. Mm. Assumably Derek will come. I don't know what his deal is. Uh, yeah. That sounds good. That's nice. Uh, I've got, I'm counting down the days till Christmas when my, my siblings get here. It's like 37 days or something like that. I'm like, ah, so close. So. Yeah, because your, your other siblings are kind of spread out, right? Yes, alas. There's four of us, and the other two live... Across, across this beautiful <laughs> country of ours. <laughs> Actually, one lives in the desert and one lives in the mountains. So, if, oh, you, can call, if you can call Idaho the mountains. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. I have to go across the mountains to get there. So, for me, it's you across consider the it mountains. mountains. Yeah. Last time I was in Idaho, it was very flat. At least, the yeah, it's kind of it's kind of flat till it's not flat. If that. Makes yeah, sense. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a big mountain range down the middle. Yeah, I went um I went rafting down uh between in that mountain range on the Salmon River and it was very cool. Yeah. Shout out to Idaho, beautiful, beautiful state. But I think we're I think we're talking about something not so beautiful today. We want to Uh we are so away. it's most of the time on this podcast, I at least have a passing familiarity with the bug. You know, I know what a ladybug is. I know what a dragonfly is. I know what uh, a bee is but mm-hmm. I had no idea what this bug was zero I didn't even know it existed until you guys were like let's do antlions and I was like oh what <laughs> let's do a uh, what you'd never heard of an antlion before never even heard of it no 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 and uh, apparently they're deeply fascinating so I, I'm very excited to learn all about this new bug well you must have been pretty excited then when Derek started keeping a few as pets yeah yeah he's like guys I found an antlion and I'm like oh, what is what does that mean? <laughs> you found a, a what lion? You know, so. Uh, but yeah, pr- producer Derek, it does in fact have several, I think two, maybe three antlion pets currently. Two. Just oh, two. Just two. two. That I know I th- of. They. I thought there was a third. Mm. Oh, evidence contrary to each other. There may be two. There may be three. Maybe there was three. Now only two. Possibly. <laughs> So what is an antlion? So an antlion is, well, when writing up the description for these, it was a little strange because they're weird looking little guys. Um, Have you seen a a lacewing before, Amanda? A lacewing to my brain. I think one bit you. Yes, yes. The one of the little squirrely whirly guys got me mm-hmm. last summer, and I was like, "Why? I didn't do anything." To you. <laughs> got me good. So they have like funny looking little larvae, the lace wings, and they become yeah. kind of pretty winged adults, little, little dainty little flitter about. Yes, very dainty bugs. Um, they're similar-ish, sort of. To the antlion, at least in in looks looks wise, um, so they start out as larvae, and the larvae did I not say lacewing? 
No, you did. Sorry. I'm putting oh. pictures in the chats for Amanda. Oh, okay. Sorry. I sorry. I, I only see the little pop-up in the corner of my screen. I keep oh, the yeah. notifications on so that I can see when you're... Uh, I keep Discord <laughs> lowered so that I can look at you guys when I'm talking. Yeah. So it feels weird not to. Oh, yeah. I'll look at that little lace wing. It's goofy little face. It kind of looks like an aphid with wings. Like if an aphid got a hold of someone else's wings and he was like, now's my chance. <laughs> and tacked him on a- there. <laughs> exactly. Like you could write an Eric Carl book about about a, an aphid who found someone else's wings and was like, now's my chance to be the bug I always knew I could be. <laughs> and that's well, how the you- lace wing was born. Yeah. So if Derek puts a, an adult um, antlion in there for Amanda to see. Yeah, look at that guy. Oh, wow. I, his wing configuration is so interesting. There's like two to the side and then two down the body. It's kind of like if a dragonfly and a and a damselfly, they got one set of each wing configuration. Oh, that's a good way to think about that. Yeah, it's, it's resting in kind of a strange way. Um, and you can see their antennae are really thick. Not like a dragonfly or a damselfly. They're clubbed. Is that a yeah, Pokemon yeah. or a Digimon? Is it a Digimon? Is it <laughs> this one's a Pokemon? We talked about this <laughs> guy last time, uh, the Flygon, and we talked about how the Trap Inch becomes the Flygon, and she oh, right. said that it was like an antlion, and I was like, I'll have to believe you because I'm not sure how an antlion works. <laughs> I was I was overwhelmed during that episode with <laughs> with Pokemon goodness. <laughs> But yeah, if you think of what did it what was it called the trapinch? The, you think yeah, of, the trapinch was the was the little guy who little like, has like a, a little body and then like a big chompy head. Yeah, so larval antlions are very similar. They have little, um, sort of not quite football shaped, a little rounder than that bodies. Um, it's called a, a fusiform body where their thorax and their abdomen are more like one instead of two segments oh, you, did wow. you oh did Derek put one in the chat Derek yeah. just put one in the look at wow. them <laughs> they could have gone harder on the trap inch if they were basing it on <laughs> the antlion this guy could be a final form he's intense he's very intense and they have so all those little bristles that keep them wedged in the sand but uh the second like, one where pinchies. he's on his on his back and his legs are all curled up he looks like he's like oh no oh no my modesty no don't see <laughs> oh, his little legs are crimped yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of got like a i'd say i don't know tick shaped body and then he's kind of got this big pinchums. yeah he's got like this little bit that serves kind of as a neck that mm-hmm. i think normally would be the middle That's bit of a bug and then the head with these two mondo pinchers on the end. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar in shape to the male earwig. Yeah. Yeah. I would say they're, they're, they're similar in shape to that. Kind of, kind of, it's kind of the inverse of the, <laughs> the earwig. Chompies on front. <laughs> this is where the, the being in a, a audio medium fails us a little bit because you really need a photo of an antlion please go google antlion so you can see this google antlion larva specifically Um, although you should look at the adults because they're quite pretty too and his leg configuration is is very interesting as well it seems like he's got kind of four up front and then two about midway back 
am I seeing that correctly or am I a, a cuckoo doodle yeah. right now? No, yeah, you are. There, there are. This bug is all mixed up. <laughs> it's a lot more going on the front end of an antlion. Um, it, it's likely to keep them in the sand. So, antlion larvae are usually found buried in loose, sandy substrate. Um, although some of them do live in leaf litter or in the crevices of trees. Um, mostly, mostly though, they're in sand. They keep their little bodies buried with those pinchies up and those the arms and all those backward-facing bristles keep them anchored in the sand so when they go to grab something, they don't get pulled out. So you right, can picture right. all of that keeping them in. Uh, and then they just kind of hang out. They make a little pit trap. They swirl around, making sort of a cup in the sand, and they sit under the cup. And when something walks by, they grab with those big pinchums. So are they waiting for things to fall in the pit or just? Yeah, yeah they okay, want so... you to like end up in the pit and then they'll grab you. And then sort they of... chomp you. Then they do a lot of chomping. Chomp, chomp. Um, they're called antlions because there's a bit of a, it's a bit of a legend that mostly what they eat is ants. Because ants oh, okay. will easily fall into the little pit. Like an ant eater. He's yeah. an ant lion. <laughs> but they'll eat anything. Such a <laughs> jump. Such a jump. What hunts things? Lions. He eats ants like a lion would. If a lion ate ants. <laughs> if a lion dug a pit and just waited for animals to come by. <laughs> so not, lion, not at all. Lions got the best PR team on the planet. They He's do. king of the jungle, even though he doesn't live in the jungle. He's, you know, the 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 big mane. He's he's king of the pride, even though he really doesn't seem he to does do much for the pride at all. The females do all the hunting. <laughs> like some male lion out there made a great deal to be like, okay, I'm just gonna become the symbol of like kingliness and royalty and strength and everything, and and apparently eating anything in my path. Lions. Yeah, uh, producer Derek called them uh, more like dirt spiders. <laughs> yeah we talk about trapdoor spiders and that's kind of where my mind goes is is like they've got this little they're waiting there's also like that i think it's a a ray that like an angel ray i think that like shimmies its way underneath the sand in in shallow water oh and then waits for a fish to come by and then bingo bango Uh, yeah a few species of rays ray do that they will hang out a woe be gone also says producer Derek, which is just a great shark name. Someone did the shark the, the Wobegon great by naming it the Wobegon. <laughs> uh well I think it's an it's an indigenous name, which is probably very which are always so much cooler than any name that a European comes up well, with. Well I think you and I well, were I talking in the there Discord. Are some fun ones too, but you and I were talking well, in the Discord I think about it's an old oh. old like Lake Wobegon, like the Garrison Keeler thing. I think it's like an really? old like word smashed together like oh. sadness be away type thing you know woe yeah. be gone. oh really i thought that one was a native well that's oh, yeah you're right well you cut me out saying indigenous then derek don't don't let me look stupid <laughs> Chop that. <laughs> choppy choppy um... well i think we in the discord the other day were saying like the original one of the original words for horse was just like fast like, yeah look at that animal it was fast <laughs> No, you're right, Kelly. You're right. It is an indigenous word that means shaggy beard. It's a weird convergence that Wabagon and Wobegon are similar, and you get British broadcasters saying it similarly. Oh, wow. Nexus event. 
that this I like it. that this one particular fish is always called this. <laughs> I like that I'm partially I'm partially correct on that, and I'll take it. Hey, man, as my dad used to say, anything's better than a zero. So, <laughs> turn in your homework assignment. <laughs> Shaggy beard because they kind of have like a little yeah they've got a little face. thing going on. Like uh, Amanda, both and I just wiggled our fingers in front yeah. of our hands to <laughs> indicate kind of a- Shaggy. We do have a walrus-like configuration with our fingers. Uh, we we should eventually release these as as videos, sir. So uh, <laughs> someday we'll make videos and you can see my the audience my... could see us make hand motions and things. Yeah, my uh, my excellent you... physical comedy, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, these these little guys um, hang out in these pits and wait for things to come by, and they will eat spiders too. They'll kind of eat whatever smaller spiders, but whatever if they it falls in the pit. It's done for. Yeah. If it falls, it's food. That's just how it goes. Um, so the the pit the pit is sort of um how would I describe it? Like an like an inverse like a funnel almost yeah. in shape. So they're about five centimeters deep, which is two inches, and uh seven and a half centimeters or three inches wide. So they're not huge. Okay. So they're like a funnel, kind of not dissimilar from the size of the funnel I have in my kitchen. Yeah, probably. We have like a small funnel like that on the bar for yeah good barware stuff. But my, I think my favorite part about them is they're the larvae are sometimes called doodlebugs. Oh my god, <laughs> that is the cutest name I've ever heard for such a hideous bug. <laughs> <laughs> bug hideous name adorable uh when i went to camp as a child all those many years ago uh when you've been to camp for four years they give you a camp name and my oh. camp name was doodles so i'm already <laughs> feeling an affinity to this bug <laughs> I, doodle come on doodle bug is a cute nickname if you called someone doodle bug they'd be like yeah. i'm pretty sure one of my friends calls her kid doodle bug on occasion well, then she's got. I, I bet she doesn't know the horrors. The horrors <laughs> of the actual bug. You have to send her this episode and be like, "Look, you gotta stop calling her doodle bug, or do call her doodle bug because you know behind Super that cute face, yeah, <laughs> true ferocity." Uh, the doodle bug really kills me. Just thinking, thinking about that name for this squatty, short-limbed, round little. So is this, one of those, is this one of those bugs that's more known for its larval stage than its final stage? Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Oh, okay. The um the larval stage is so they're they're called doodle doodle bugs because they make little little lines in the sand when they're moving around. They make little doodles. They doodle. Oh my gosh. It's very cute. There's I want them to write the word doodle with a doodle <laughs> and then two pits. And then more doodling. More doodling. Doodle. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to draw that, Amanda. Oh the, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of cute, um, and I think we were just reading. Um, Amanda was helping me with the culture aspect of of this episode. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. That um, the doodle bug has uh, divination properties. Yes. So shout out early in the podcast because normally we might say like where we got our information from but if you are into antlions at all please go to antlionpit.com someone has lovingly crafted a whole website 
about antlions and dedicated uh, to these little dudes dedicated and and like there's this whole <laughs> this this whole section you can click down on it it's the antlion the doodlebug oracle and he will answer your questions about <laughs> doodlebugs and that is so cute it's very one very of them cute. yeah and apparently that comes from you ask the pit the pit a question and then the pit sands shift and it answers your question for you i think that's so cool that's fun um using animals in augury is a very very old uh custom we see and a great in- sentence using animals and augury <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just jargoned. I just jargoned that. Sorry, uh, listeners. Augury is just a form of divination, usually used by looking at natural things. So, birds, doodlebugs, leaves falling off of a tree, um, crow configurations. There's all kinds of fun things that ancient people, and I guess still some modern people, use to divine the future. But I love that the doodlebug is part of that long lineage of culture. That's I gotta, I gotta ask the pit. <laughs> Always ask. Doodlebug, doodlebug. Should I marry him? <laughs> I can't marry you. I'm sorry. The doodlebug says no. No. The doodlebug just spit an ant out when I asked. I think that's a <laughs> right no. Right in my face. Hard no. no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they, they, all they, there's two thousand species of antlion, and the larvae look pretty similar throughout different species. Some of them live, like I said, in the sand. There is a species in Japan that hangs out on the surface of rocks and kind of hunts that way. It doesn't dig, but it's it doesn't move a whole lot. So it starts gathering lichen and it ends up with this fancy lichen jacket, which is super cute. The uh, species is uh, Dendroleone jesonensis, but I don't... I don't know what the common name is for that. Bugs love a lichen jacket. So out of curiosity, because mm-hmm. we, the divination seems to take place mostly in chants. So I, I quickly put doodlebug song into YouTube and got several responses from the YouTube. There are songs I, for this? Apparently. Oh, it, it number, <laughs> the fourth video is from the Smithsonian channel. Doodlebug is a misleading name for this accomplished assassin. So, accomplished assassin. They're really wants to tell you, do not call it a doodlebug because he's he's much more serious than that. I'm gonna click on the doodlebug song, 1944, and see what I get. Oh, I'm sure it's fantastic. So the the okay, so so far the song is like you got to do 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 what you do do doodlebug. Well, you couldn't do what a Katie did did. You could do 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 what a doodlebug do. Oh, it's awful. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Oh, well. well. I'll have to check out some of those other ones and see if they're any good. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we, there's like a few different types of, of larvae, but they all kind of do the same thing. They're just around to chomp. Chompy, chompy, chompy. Um, although, what, what's kind of interesting, and this is the same for lace wings and probably a few other species is that they're doing all that chomping, right, Amanda? They're catching these other bugs, they're eating, but they can't poop because they don't have an anus. Then where do all the, where's all the eating go? <laughs> it just stays, stays it just in the bottom. stays? 
Yeah. They just got to hope that they become an adult before that becomes a problem. A crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they kind of like, they keep it in there and that some of that energy is, is used to create silk when they're ready to pupate. But uh, it really just kind of hangs out until the very end of the pupil stage. And then it comes out as a meconium. Um, you're a mom. Have you heard the term meconium before? Indeed, I have. So meconium in, to the in humans is the the first, sometimes the first several uh, hmm. defecations by an infant. Uh, and it is extremely different from the other poos. It is sticky, tarry, black. It's impossible to wipe off. It takes like 20 wet wipes to get it off. And it is not, wow. not to be too gross, but it is the product of the fetus, the baby eating things that are in the womb has gone down the, to the stomach and been digested. But it, the, there's only so many things in the womb. So it's mostly the baby's own hair and like sloughed skin and like, oh, wow placenta pieces <laughs> so that it makes sense i never really thought about what that would be in a human baby i knew it was a part of the process but so a baby when they're in the early stages of the third trimester is covered in hair mm, uh, like a sat right like a <laughs> sam squanch all that hair is long and fuzzy and downy to keep the baby warm even though they're kind of living inside of a a, a 360 hot tub anyway yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just part of it, part of being a mammal. I don't, I don't know. They're covered in hair, and then usually they will slough that hair in preparation to be born. Mm. So, and, and sometimes babies will be born with it still on. It has like a fancy name. I don't remember what the name is, but so sometimes you'll there'll be premature babies usually that are covered in a soft downy fluff because they haven't yet shed that hair, and so the meconium is made of that hair that made it down the uh, esophagus of the baby. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't mind the listeners knowing too much, but um, yeah, I was, I was born 14 weeks premature, which is quite premature. Crazy. Especially for <laughs> not, not to harsh on the eighties, but 82. incredibly early for the eighties. Like, and now I wonder if I was covered in this. Maybe. Cause it, maybe. It's, a, it's like a brief window where like, you're not, because I've said before, humans, we kind of become human shaped over the first mm -hmm. six months. And then those last three months are like, grow, 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 grow. So it depends on how human shaped you were by. by I, was, <laughs> I was missing some I was missing some outward parts, but uh, they all, they all grew in, and I'm all right. But yeah, obviously, yeah, I kind of wonder if I was if I was downy or if I just missed that. That yeah, if you missed you missed the window of being a like a little <laughs> owl chick in the nest, yeah, just a tiny little wolf baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know I'm a wolf girl. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, a werewolf girl. <laughs> but yeah, so our friends the doodlebug also have this meconium step that happens right at the end of the the pupil stage before they become adults. So it's probably there... not as gnarly as a human. <laughs> no, like so they go their whole little egg hatch, dig a pit eat some stuff, mm -hmm. eat some more stuff, eat some more stuff. And then right before they become adults, they let it all hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Basically let it all go release. That's interesting to only, only poo once at like 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way to think about it. 
It's getting well, bigger and bigger and, it, and bigger. It's He's almost time. a man. Look how much poo he has in him. <laughs> it's a long time because it might take nine months for them to reach an adulthood or it might take two years. So depends on the location, the climate two that they're living in. years of <laughs> build up living in you? That's a tiny little body. Crazy. And like two years is a long time to be a larva anyway. As we've said before, bugs just don't last very long. Yeah. Sorry, bugs. Unless you're freezing yourself over the winter and then you kind of cheat and last several winters via freezing. <laughs> well, uh, the, the warmer the climate, the faster your, your development goes with insects. So if these guys are in like the cooler climate, they might might take them a few seasons to to get just, through it to be an adult. And it's only wow. about I think two, um, what is it like uh, two weeks for them to be a pupa? So it's mostly baby time. Yeah, another one of those ones that's just he's a doodle bug for a long, long time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I assume he's not a beautiful doodle man for very long he's a doodle man for between 20 to 25 days yeah maybe 45 if you're really lucky but about a month we'll say about a month yeah another one of those bugs that has like our our human bias of of staying the same shape so like (laughs) it's really his antlion form is most of his form yeah his little pinchy well, uh, producer Derek, can you tell us anything about your antlions that you're keeping? Yeah. You're, you're keeping live your, ones. Yeah, He's going to stay in your pit for nine months and then poo on you and leave? So I feed my antlions uh, dermestid beetle larvae. I have a colony of dermestid beetles that I have used to clean carcasses before, but they mostly eat cat food right now. So every once in a while, I will sacrifice one to the antlions and... Uh, the antlions have little jars at their end that has sand in it that I collected from the site they were found at. And then they dig little pits sometimes. And then I drop a little bug in there. The bug falls into the pit. And I have video of this we'll upload. And then the antlion bites it, injects venom. And mm-hmm. then they uh, bury themselves again. And they disappear for a few days. And then when they're hungry again, new pit shows up. And it's a few days between feeding? That it seems for? to be. I only feed them when the pit shows up because otherwise the beetles just kind of wander around aimlessly. And that <laughs> seems unfair to them. Yeah, you want their... You want it to be short and quick. Um, but they have no problem with the... Do you feed them adult domestic beetles or larvae? I've tried both. The adult domestic beetles were much harder for them to eat. I think mm-hmm. because they have the uh, adult carapace, whereas the yeah, larvae are a bit more soft-bodied. So it took uh, one of the antlions several attempts to pierce that exoskeleton. So it was like flinging it around back and forth, just whap, 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 whap. Oh, whap, no. <laughs> trying to, to get, a, get a good bite on him. Like the Hulk with Loki? Yes, very much. Exactly the same. <laughs> oh, poor beetle. But the fun thing is uh, sometimes the, the bugs don't fall into the pit the way that the antlion wants. So it throws sand at the bugs to knock them down so they fall into the pit where it can grab them. Oh, that's fun. So they use the sand as a weapon. That's very cool. Yeah, so they're throwing sand at the other bugs to knock them in. And I think it probably varies uh, what size pit to what size prey you can get because the steepness 
and the grains of the sand will probably affect like a larger insect will have an easier time getting out of right. a, a smaller pit. Which is probably where the ant part of the ant lion thing comes from because ants are pretty small and will end up easily in any pit that they kind of come across. Yes. That's exciting. And how long have you had them now? I collected these guys, I think in, uh, I want to say late August. I initially thought they were squirrel burrows because I'm always looking for squirrels because they're my enemy. And <laughs> you heard it here will, first. Yeah. <laughs> squirrels uh, will cache nuts in small little pits. So you look at those divots, but these divots were too fine uh, to be squirrels. So they were too regularly shaped and weren't kind of like lumpy. So they were a closer investigation. They were antlions, had to dig them up, sift out the soil to find the little guys. They're very well camouflaged. Oh, yeah. And, and then collected those. You don't see them as much in Portland proper. These guys I found in one of the suburbs. I think they require very specific soils. And a lot of, of Portland, uh, because it's right on the river, is more silty soil versus the f- sand that they seem to like a little bit better. Yeah, they need fine grain. They need like easily movable grains. Like, like Zen garden sand. <laughs> kind of. That's what you should do, Derek. You should get a Zen garden like kit fill it with doodle bugs fill it with doodle bugs and see what they make and if you got a big enough one you could put both of them in there and i think they'd be okay the problem with that is uh cats oh yeah that's mm. true you have to get one with the top <laughs> can't let the cats maybe they're just trying to show the doodle bug how it's done hey dude this is how you use The fun thing is, so there is sand all over my desk now because when they're digging the pits, it's the same. They just throw sand out. (laughs) So they've just flung sand all over my desk. Oh, that's great. Do you do you have videos of them digging? I do not. They seem to do that at night. Oh, kind of set up a little camera. They're very hard to photograph. (laughs) A trail cam in your own office. Yes. Well, I'm no, excited. I, I'm excited about your doodle bugs, and I I hope that I hope they pupate. I don't know how if you're prepared to keep them for many months to maybe a couple years. I've had this beetle colony for about two years now, so the doodle bug will be a lot easier. Yeah. Well, the, what's funny is even when they they'll emerge as adults and go up and they'll mate because really what they want to what all adult bugs want to do is mate immediately. And then the females will come back down to the sand, really not too far from where they where they hatched, and lay more eggs. But sometimes they get eaten by their younger relatives because <laughs> they don't discriminate on what they're grabbing. So if she lands by a if pit. If it's in the pit, it's fair game. That's the food. rules. Yeah, she'll <laughs> grab them. Um, and they're not very strong flyers. So I think I mentioned at the top of the show, the adults, they look like damselflies kind of, but they're... They really flutter more than fly. When we think of damselflies and dragonflies, we think of acrobatics and speed and, um, you know, like the hawk of the bug world. But these these guys are kind of floaty and not very strong flyers. And they're nocturnal. So you'll only see the adults around dusk into the nighttime, which is when dragonflies are, are at rest. So you shouldn't really mix them up too much. Are you, are you drawing, Amanda? I'm trying to draw, and I, I'm not sure how to incorporate his big chompers without mm-hmm. making him look straight terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So what I've done is I've I've given him portals that he sends you into the pit. That's the, he sends you to another dimension known as the pit. The pit. And so I've given him kind of although they look very uh protozoa at the moment, very amoebas. <laughs> Cuz I was trying to like do like a a uh, uh, portal dimension but like also have like these kind of ghostly doodle patterns coming off the portals but uh so far it just looks like <laughs> amoebas <laughs> well that's why you do more well i mean thinking about big chompies what if you think about uh venom oh because he's got that big gaping maw right mm-hmm. could you make that's a, an idea a hero I, I guess that's that's. I don't know if they're heroes. Trouble. Maybe Antlion is a is not a hero. Venom but. is that's. I mean, that's up to you. Uh, he eats ants, uh, eating a fellow bug, often villain behavior. But we haven't had a villain in a hot minute either. Do you want to give him a Craven the Hunter jacket here, where he's got the big lion mane on the back? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, this is some real villain vibes. I'm gonna be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it's getting better now. Maybe, I mean, yeah. My only other thought is to give him like dual blades that are chompy. Yeah, shape. big scimitars. Yeah, little scimitars. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, let me look up what the shape of his chomper is real fast here. Can you talk more about those chompers and the venom, Kelly? Oh sure. Um, so they, like I said, they're they're pretty voracious eaters, and they're mostly. They're mostly head and chomps, um, and they do produce venom. So the venom, just like venom in, in other. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! You're burying the lead on this. They produce <laughs> venom. Sorry. So yeah, you you yeah. fall in the pit. They chomp you with their giant jaws, and they have venom. Yeah, they envenomate. This they, guy's uh, a villain for sure. You see, bad guy. He's got instant bad guy vibes. I'm. I mean, and... he's triple chapping you. He's he's doing triple kills on you. <laughs> Well, they also produce like an enzyme that helps to liquefy the innards of whatever they've chomped, much like a spider, because they don't have, they can grab, but they can't chew. So they need to kind of suck that out. Yeah. Going to suck out the, would you say, um, crunchy on the outside, juicy on the inside? Yeah. (laughs) Crunchy on the outside, gooey (laughs) on the inside, crunchy on the outside. (laughs) So this venom and the the enzymes, the digestive enzymes, they kind of pump into their prey. It's to get the juice out. Oh, Derek said played by Tom Hardy. Uh, it's been a minute since we mentioned Tom Hardy in the pod. We mentioned love of <laughs> Kelly's life, Tom Hardy. Welcome back, Tom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's got kids. Maybe he listens to the pod. It would be my dream. <laughs> Tom Hardy being super into bugs. Honestly, that tracks. I think it's, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, But yeah, so they've got Venom. They've got, I'm thinking about superhero abilities. Oh, God. Producer Derek is letting us know that antlion pits in Japanese are called ant hell. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, the ants. The Japanese don't mess around when it comes to portals to another place. Like the, uh, I don't know how familiar with the property Yu-Gi-Oh you were but they had to heavily edit it for American audiences because the Japanese version, if you lost the card game, you died and got sent to what the Americans called the shadow realm. Mm-hmm. But like, let's face it. It was like 
straight up sending you to the dark place you know it was not good good. and like they also like would like buzzsaw your ankles off Yu-Gi-Oh was an intense franchise in Japan wow um I I did not watch it I'm not a my anime knowledge extends into the early 2000s and that's about it that's when I that's when I got off the train some Inuyasha and then you were like this is enough for me I'm out of here the uh, the, I think well the genres started switching. I'm a big fantasy fan, so I watched mm. um, Record of Lotus War. Um, I watched Slayers, uh, the Slayers. Um, Did you watch Vampire Hunter D? That was a big one at the time. Yeah, I watched a little Vampire Hunter D. I don't think I like the art on that one as yeah. much. It was a little. Um, and yeah, then the it started switching into more. I don't know. The genres just started changing. And now the now the genre seems to be teenage dating. And oh, okay. <laughs> no, so, like, <laughs> no, to like to like, it's like any other form of it's like television. There's all these different genres. There's mm-hmm. there's dating genres. There's what's called what's popular sports anime. Seems to be like you're in high school and maybe you're dating a pigeon man. I don't know. There's there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's yeah yeah uh, I, my, my husband got me a, a video game where you can date a pigeon man yeah well that yeah. just sounds like a delightful time a pigeon man <laughs> would take good care of you it's very cute actually it's very, very <laughs> cute. yeah anime is one of those things where like if there's there's we call it there's an anime for anything because you can just google a phrase plus anime at the end and there will be an anime for that that's, that's probably true i, I should there's, look because i bet there's some nice fantasy animes happening right now that i would really enjoy yeah, I just I haven't checked in. Have you fifteen years? Oh yeah, what are you what are you normally into? You said fantasy. Do you like vampires? Because there's Castlevania. Do you I like tried Castlevania hunting and nothing happened. Like oh, yeah, many, they talked for a lot of that show. By and nothing happened, and I gave up. <laughs> I said I need something to happen here. I can't do this. Yeah, Lord Vampire's <laughs> like you killed my wife. You're all dead to me. And then nothing happens for a while. They're all just like, yeah. I can't believe he did that. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're traveling around. They're talking to each other. Nothing else is going on. I couldn't do it. Um, I'm I'm like a dragons, wizards, fantasy. That's my that's my jam. Okay, cool, cool. I'll yeah. uh, I'll see what I can find for you. If you find anything, let me know. And I like humor. Yeah, uh, I've never. This is gonna get the anime fans mad at me. I'm sorry. I watched the Full Metal Alchemist anime when it came out in the early 2000s. And then they did a second series that was more based on the books. And people claim that the book one's way better. But I'm like, I already watched this anime. I already watched 50 <laughs> episodes of this anime. Wow, I got 50 episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should also know that. <laughs> well, it's like two seasons <laughs> and each season's 20 episodes. Um. But like I already, I already know this story. I already saw it. But people are like, "But you didn't get the book version, which has all this other information." So recently, my friend has been on me again to be like, "You got to watch the updated one." Like, <laughs> what is there an anime about an ant lion? Now there's the question. I know that there's animes about bugs. We should do. We we really got to do one where we make Kelly watch bug stuff. Bugs. We got to make her watch a bug's life. We got to make her watch some bug stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would do it. Do it for the pod. Ooh. Oh, Derek says there are animes with ant lions, so there you go. I guess you're right, Amanda. Google anything with an anime. Anything. How is so? How is our um, how is our venom like ish 
bad guy. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to get his his mouth to be open without making him look absolutely insane. Insane? Maybe he's yeah. got to look insane. Maybe I that's think just, he just has to look insane. Yeah. I think he's just gonna have to look like a creepy ant lion man, which is a shame because Doodlebug is so cute. I want to make him cute, but the facts are the facts that he drops you in a pit, <laughs> chomps you in half, and envenomates you to suck out your guts. Well, he's well, I mean he's got a cute name, but looking at these photos, he is not a cutie. And I think most bugs are cute, but oh, baby ant lion is is something. Yes, um, Derek found the pigeon dating game that my husband bought for me. It's called Hitofu Boyfriend. If anyone is interested on Steam, it's very cute. Your boyfriends are pigeons. I've heard that pigeons are good, good little, good little friends. That's what I've heard. I I only get information from Derek though, and he uh, tends to hate pest species. <laughs> oh, pigeons. Uh. Pigeons were domesticated. All of the pigeons you see were once pets at some point. Then once we developed, you know, cable lines instead of using carrier pigeons, they all kind of got released. Right. Really? Yeah. So so city pigeons are domesticated pigeons that have rewilded themselves. They're feral. Yeah. I had no idea. Are there other <laughs> animals that are like that? I mean, I assume a certain amount of horse... Uh, like populations in the U.S. are that way because horses. All of the wild know. horses in yeah. the United States yeah. were once owned. They were they are feral. And feral is specifically a domesticated animal that has become wild. Yes. There you go. There's plenty of uh, pigs and different breeds of pig that have become feral over the years too. Uh, I think like the Smoky Mountains had a big problem between uh, two types of domestic pig coming together to to uh hybridize and, and make a big problem i think that was in the 70s I'm that's the real trouble when you a lot of times the domesticated form can create new <laughs> better forms feral hogs are a big problem particularly in like texas yeah oh yeah texas has hog problems um australia has i believe feral hog problems too they have feral cat problems as well cats. With yeah new zealand feral cats are a huge huge mm. issue because they have all the dumb birds. <laughs> yeah, they're birds. Oh, they've they've got all the birds that don't know to leave. <laughs> the dodo problem. <laughs> okay, well, okay. I gotta, I gotta change this man's silhouette on his pants. Because villains wear pants. They don't wear unitards. <laughs> Is he kind going of... to be a villain or an anti-hero like Venom? Yeah, I can make, make him uh, Part of me wants to make him in the same universe as our pavement ant, where she was like a mercenary of for hire. Did he eat her arm? Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the reason she doesn't have an arm. That's dark. That is dark. <laughs> building the lore. Building the, building the BH lore. universe lore. I gotta make his jacket more flacky. He's gotta have a, f- a flacky jacket here. Oh, because he's camouflaged. He's camouflaged. Plus, he has that lichen. He's got that lichen jacket on. Okay, let's. I'm gonna call this for now. I'll give you guys this sketch form. Ink him. I gotta make these uh, portals to another world more jaggedy now that he's a not a, a nice, not a nice guy. Not a, not a nice fella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him as an antihero. That's kind of like Venom. I need to read more Venom comics. I haven't in a long time. I'm very behind. I was just talking to. On the so Venom this is, story arcs. 
So I was just talking to my friends about this thing I call, and I'm sure the other people have a better name for it, which is uh, protagonist bias. You want the protagonist of something to be good. And Venom became popular enough that he got his own book. And then very quickly after that, he becomes kind of the good guy because you want to root for your protagonist, which is why yeah. you get problems with like movies like The Joker, where like he's, he's, he's the villain of guy. the story. He's bad. But because of... He's the protagonist. He's our point of view character. I want to root for him because if if he's good, I'm good. Yeah, even though he's doing bad stuff. <laughs> even though he's clearly Very bad. bad stuff. Yeah. We were talking about specifically about the upcoming Hunger Games movie because it's a prequel about the guy who's bad in the original Hunger Games series. And I'm like, I hope that they're careful with the mm. protagonist bias because otherwise it's going to make it seem like he was right to do that. He was right to leave children to die in the arena <laughs> that was fine i'm surprised they're doing this prequel it's been so long since the hunger games came out like who wants who wants this so it's, it's only been a couple years since the book and so i i read the hunger Games series when it was new i watched the the movies when they were new and mm -hmm. i read well and the tone of the prequel book is so different from those early novels because the prequel book is so obviously meant to be a film treatment oh. like there's just like very little world building very little explaining of what things look like because why bother it's going to be a movie in like two years it was really mm -hmm. this, this the tonal shift of this is a novel where i need to tell you everything versus this is a book of which you will see and be influenced by they, wait, so the author wrote it assuming it was going to be made into movies? The movie deal was made before the book. Really? I, I believe so. According huh. to my friend who's like deep into Hunger Games. She, like That's her, like, her, that's her, her jam. Yeah, yeah. That actually happened with Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Michael Crichton yeah. wrote that to be a movie? He, so, he pitched the movie before yeah. he wrote the book. Oh, then he why didn't had, they like, use book. the book? I know, right? They don't use the book. <laughs> they didn't even use the book for Jurassic Park. I saw a thread the other day about uh, Jurassic Park, and people were like, "Why isn't Hammond the villain?" And I'm like, and, and every single comment was like, "He is in the book. He is in the book. He is in the yeah. book. He is in the book. He is in the book." Percent of villain in the book. He is so unlikable in the book. Yeah, I like um, him better as the likable grandpa who. Me has, too. Yeah. <laughs> who is, oops, oops, all mistakes. <laughs> So I've popped him into the art tag here. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he's good. Kind of a crazy mom going. Like on. he's a little insane looking. Yeah, yeah that's I, I believe, kind of what's going for. I believe anything called Doodlebug that lives in the sand and makes little pit traps has got to be insane. He's yeah. a, a level of. Can you imagine? Okay, so this guy, he's here. He's got his his gaping toothy maw. He's got his giant knife. He's got portals that send you to somewhere. But it's unclear where. where. Like, Sometimes assume... it's just grandma's house, so it's fine. <laughs> right? I assume make a horrible like crackling noise as they. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. As they as they, and then you go and they're like, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Uh, name's Doodlebug." And you're like, "Oh no, <laughs> this uh, man's insane. Who calls oh, himself Doodlebug?" Oh, his super his superhero villain name is definitely just Doodlebug. <laughs> People are like the ant lion, and he's like, "No, please, I'm Doodlebug." Why do you keep calling me Antlion? It's Doodlebug. <laughs> like Operation Antlion. 
This is Agent Doodlebug reporting. Please, please be Antlion. No. My friends call me Doodlebug. But he's got no friends, so it's just him. No friends, it's just him insisting that he's Doodlebug. Oh, so sad. Oh, and he... Well, a poor, poor aunt. Poor anti-hero. He chopped off her arm. It's just a whole story. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has to have a specialized... Like, he specializes in laying traps for, yeah. like, ambush I think, uh, of the Producer enemy. Derek mentioned bear traps, perhaps. Yes. Let's give him a, a bear trap on his hip here. <laughs> junk, 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 junk. Yeah, yeah. So he's, like, maybe, like, a, like a demolitions sort of expert thing where like he's oh. laying all the mines and you're gonna fall into that that pit <laughs> of his trap of, I, I thought it was just an abandoned warehouse but no and then somehow he gets powers from that you know too many grenades gets the radiation <laughs> that's not really how grenades work but that's okay <laughs> oh sorry I was imagining the grenades from Halo where they're like glowing, oh, oh, like, glowing mm-hmm. grenades, yeah. they call it a grenade but like what because this is not a grenade. <laughs> oh, oh, Derek. Derek is helping fill in superpowers on the field notes, and I just wrote he just wrote for one superpower, art, an accomplished doodler. That's <laughs> <laughs> he does it in his spare time. He's they're like, You're such a you're such a villain, and he goes, I think of myself as an artist first. <laughs> yeah. That's just uh, one thing about me that I'm a horrible assassin. <laughs> you don't know me at all. You know that I love to look at the moon and, and doodle. Oh, that's the other thing we should mention. We should mention that he was mentioned on the moon. Oh yeah, tell us about that. You uh, so came across that. I came across that on. Let me get over to it. Yes, on on antlionpit.com, which I now assume is run by Doodlebug himself. <laughs> this is one of his many hobbies when he's off the clock. <laughs> So uh, Doodlebug is mentioned. The little chant of like Doodlebug, Doodlebug, tell me what I want to know. Uh, is mentioned in like the Mark Twain book of Adventures of Tom Sawyer. So I guess Charles Duke of of being on the moon fame. Uh, so vivid were his childhood memories of doodlebugs that Apollo 16 astronaut Charles Duke compared certain lunar craters to antlion pits. A transcript of his conversations while on the moon's surface include a version of the antlion chant, doodlebug, doodlebug, are you home? I assume to tell me the future. That, that's amazing. I, there's probably it's not great. a lot of animals that have been mentioned by an astronaut while they stand on the Earth's surface. Even the, the moon's surface. Oh, sorry. My bad. Plenty that have been mentioned on the Earth's surface. <laughs> <laughs> I dare many. say all of them. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I guess not by an astronaut. I guess if we're going to use that. But while he's on the moon, he's thinking about doodlebugs. He's that's thinking pretty, about a doodlebug. Doodlebug's famous. He's famous. Oh, how many how many legs would you give old doodles? Uh, name six out of six. <laughs> uh, horrifying ma. Six out of six. I I really I I can't fault this guy. I feel like there's not a lot he does that I'm not like that's cool, except for not pooing. I feel like that's <laughs> an evolutionary drawback. I feel like. Pooing is an important part of eating, and he certainly does plenty of eating. He does a lot of eating. He's out of balance with the world if he d- eats but does not poo. <laughs> His karmic justice is out of whack. Maybe that's why he's so angry. Maybe. 
He's just constantly has a t- terrible stomach ache. <laughs> Horrible. Eat some eat some mini wheats. Eat some fiber, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Make a little some- protein shake in the morning. Drop some fiber in it. You'll be all right. Yeah. I, uh, you know I'm this gonna... guy drinks way too much protein shakes. You know this guy is is avoided no fiber. Yeah. <laughs> no, no fiber. Just oh. chicken breast, unsalted. <laughs> chicken breast and creatine shakes all day long. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him five out of six. I think he's really... Maybe four out of six, because mm, because his, his final form's not very intimidating. His his final form, yeah, he's losing points for me in the adult stage, which just yeah. nectar and um, just being a regular pollen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go four. He loses a point for being a a lame adult, and he loses points for uh not following the rules of karmatic justice. <laughs> that if you must eat, you must poo. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to give him a four and a half, I guess. We are oh, a pollinator yeah. positive, so I'm going to give him true. back half a star for being a pollinator. But his adult form is so lame compared to this <laughs> insane looking <laughs> larval form. And the name, yeah, Doodlebug as a name is just so good. Yeah, so good. it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I can't fault Doodlebug. I kind of want to be known as Doodlebug now. I kind of want to be Doodlebug. <laughs> it's never that's too late, a, Amanda. It's cute. And that's the thing with nicknames. So it's really hard to nickname yourself. Yeah, it's really hard to be like you know. Uh, it's one of the the jokes I think that lasted on How I Met Your Mother was that he insisted that he have this cool nickname, and everyone was like, "That's not gonna stick." I feel like that's how it is. Someone else who is also cool, by the way, someone cooler than you oh, has, has to, to give, give you, the you a cool nickname. Otherwise, it's otherwise tough. it's lame. It's tough. Do you have a nickname? Speaking of nicknames. Uh, well, okay. Well, this is going to be too much into my personal life. <laughs> my, my friends call me death sometimes. Because uh, I have these four friends. I'm one of these four friends. And we call ourselves the four horsemen. <laughs> and I'm death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's great though so they Wait, claim i have deathly i have a deathly touch they claim that my clammy little baby hands <laughs> they don't like to be touched with them so i'm also the only one who's brought life into the world so oh it's, so it's a deep the balance it is a they, they, don't, they don't usually call me that straight to my face it's usually like a chat thing they're like oh death yeah <laughs> i have something for you <laughs> So I have oh. my other friends, of course, being famine, plague, and war. Very nice. I love yeah, it. It's a weird. I'm sorry that that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, friends come up with interesting things for each other. That's just how it goes. Do you have any cool nicknames? Or are you just the Kelatron? <laughs> I don't think I. Ha- yeah, I don't have any nicknames. Oh. I'm a little sad about it, actually. We'll have to come up with one for you. Um, when you find a bug that really speaks to you, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, sometimes my buddy calls me Keltown, and I don't really know why or where it came from, but that's about it. He yeah, just there's, like, there's a couple just that you words, can pretty much put you know? on any name. You're like the stir, the town. Yeah. You can add an O to most names in English anyway. You can add an O. I know that in um, China, the like, so Americans, we tend to add E on the end of things to make it cute. 
your name mm-hmm. is Ed, I call you Eddie. Yeah. Your name yeah. is is Bill, I call you Billy. In China, it's to double the name. Oh, that's cute. I like that. So that's just, it's just one of those like uh, language differences. And I wish we did. I wish we did the double in English because I think it's so much cute. Hello, hey Bill, Bill, how you doing? <laughs> Amanda, Amanda, it would be very hard though. Oh yeah, you'd have to call me like man, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, man. Yeah, uh, yeah my everything. Kel. Yeah, Kel, Kel, Kel's Kel. bells, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly is too long for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> my husband to my niece was Uncle Dee Dee for a long time because she Uncle couldn't say Cody. So she'd say DD because repeating is another thing that that kids do. It's why my my dad's grandpa name is Gaga because you could just say things twice when you're 18 months. <laughs> yeah, basically it's easier that way. It's it's why you'll see like across all human languages there's a couple sounds that get repeated a lot and it is it's like because papa kids and mama too. Exactly, like yeah. papa, mama, baba. A lot of those are names for adults in my opinion because adults said oh she wants me i must be mama so it's like it's us naming ourselves after what a baby can say so that we feel validated that they love us that's that's my opinion anyway which is why i make my children call me mother 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 (laughs) feed me mother and so i feel like my cats my cats are little victorian boys Yes, Mama. especially Darcy is a little Victorian boy trapped <laughs> in a cat body. Mother, <laughs> Mother, Finn has laid upon my bed once again. You must remove him. Usually it's Finn's chewing on Darcy's ear. And that's the problem. <laughs> well, I think um, we, we've we uh, doodled it up. We're we, both fans. We're both fans of the doodle. Fans of the doodle, especially if he's played by Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. He must. Must be. <laughs> Um, thank you everybody for listening to us we're we're pumped happy to have you meta thoughts uh about to listen to some new credits so you'll have to listen to new credits to get to the end stinger and if you guys don't know there's an end stinger after the credits mm-hmm. you've been missing out on it this whole time if you haven't been staying to listen to the credits and stingers are fun find us on all the social medias if you yeah. have blood <laughs> questions email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com we love listener emails and we reply to them so uh yeah we love you bye we love you bye <laughs> bugs need heroes was created by Derek conrad and kelly zimmerman hosted by amanda allen nighty and kelly zimmerman Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad, with some assistance from Chelsea Bodden and a few cats. Character art is by Amanda Allen Nide. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out at bugsneedheroes.com, and most of the socials are under Bugs Need Heroes. Thank you to the Entomological Society of America for the Chrysalis Fund grant. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad, with some assistance from Chelsea Bodden and a Bugs Need Heroes was created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman, hosted by Amanda and Ellen Nide. Oh, sorry, Amanda. I just said called you Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to doing the reading, the reading prompts.